And welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. And I'm Warren Landis, your Sunshine USA host and Bible teacher. It is a great joy to welcome you uh, to the broadcast this morning. Um, I want to say that I hope that one of the things my ministry is doing for you is encouraging you to spend time every single day of your life in uh, the Word of God. Because ultimately, that's how you grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, and that's also how you grow spiritually. Uh, When I see someone who is what I consider to be a spiritual supergiant, it is because of the fact that they spend time seven days a week in the Word of God. When I see someone that's struggling spiritually, when I see someone who's not growing spiritually, I know that more than likely it is a fact that they're not spending much, if any time, in the Word of God. And so I hope one of my legacies, (laughs) whenever I die, I hope that one of my legacies is the fact that I have spent my lifetime encouraging people to read and study the Word of God every day of their life, and then find ways to put that to use in their everyday life. Um, I've mentioned before many times that I'm a member of San Susie Church here in Greenville, South Carolina. And Lenny Miller, our pastor, has done a really great job growing that church. I mean, when he became our pastor, the church was literally on the verge of shutting down altogether. But he came on the scene. God gave him a vision for our church, and now our church is growing like wildfire. I mean, seriously. One of the great ministries he has started is the small group Bible study. In fact, I belong to one of the small group Bible studies at our church, which meets on Sunday morning. Now, uh, we have other small groups that meet in various neighborhoods throughout the Greenville area during the week. Uh, But what we do in these small groups is the pastor preaches a message on Sunday morning, and then we have small groups which uh, meet and they discuss the pastor's sermon the previous Sunday, and they discuss not only what he said, but how they take what he said and put it to use in their everyday life. And, and that's the way Bible study should be. You know, when we study the Word of God, and then we search for ways to put that to use in our everyday life. Because I maintain, no matter where you are, I don't care whether you're at school, work, whether you're recreating, whether you're retired like me, You can always find ways to take the truth of the Bible and apply that to your everyday life. And that's exactly what I love to do here at Sunshine USA. You know, one of the interesting lessons I learned from my father, my father talked about the importance of making sure that the Word of God applies to our everyday life. For example, 
you know, uh, down through the years in Sunday school, all of us have studied about David and the giant and how David was able to fight Goliath and win. But my dad believed it was equally important for preachers to talk about the giants that we face in our everyday life and how we can ex and how we can successfully fight those giants. That was a lesson I learned from my dad. Now, my dad had never been to seminary, never had any theological discussion or any, uh, any theological education or anything like that. But that is just something very practical that I learned from my dad. And it's a principle that I operate this ministry by. Telling people how they can take what we study in the Word of God and apply it to use in our everyday life. I remember back years ago, in fact, really back decades ago, I was very active in the church when the church had training union. Uh, a lot of people liked it. Some people did not like it. As time went by, more and more people didn't like it. <laughs> and many churches, if not most churches, did away with training unions. Um, I uh, thank the Lord that at the church that I served as interim pastor, we had training union. And we did it the old-fashioned way. We had the, the quarterlies, we assigned parts, and people took part in it. And it was very beneficial. Because you see, in training union, what happened is we learned how what we learned in Sunday school in our Bible study, could be successfully applied to situations that we face in our everyday life. And once again, that's what this ministry, Sunshine USA, is all about. Uh, the two overriding goals of this ministry, number one is preaching the gospel, and then number two, teaching the Bible. That's the two overall ministries of this particular ministry called Sunshine USA. And everything that we do is filtered through that. What are we doing to preach the gospel? What are we doing to teach the Bible? And helping people apply the truth of the Bible to their everyday life situations. Amen. I get excited when I think about some of the things I think about that the Lord might want us to do as a ministry in the future. One of the things I think about is writing novels, some of which may very well be made into Christian movies. You know, a lot of people will go to a movie or they'll read a novel that would never darken the door of a church, and therefore this is one means of communication that we have as a church to preach the gospel, and then teach the Bible, applying biblical truths to everyday life situations. I hope to one day form a drama team that will have the task of acting out everyday life situations and showing how the truth of God's word can be applied to these everyday situations.
Because you see, the Bible is not just a book of chapters and verses. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. It is a book that tells you and I how we can very practically put the Word of God, the Bible, to use in our everyday life. Amen. Okay, now we're getting into the lesson for today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 8. Now, we left off yesterday in Luke chapter 7. We talked about how this woman uh, met Jesus at somebody's house, and she kissed his feet. She anointed him with very expensive oil and wiped his feet with her hair using her tears. And we talked about how Jesus pointed out this woman is doing what she's doing because she is so thankful for the new life that I introduced her to. And now we come to chapter 8 in the book of Luke. Now in chapter 8, verse 1, we read, And it came to pass afterward, that is, after what we talked about yesterday, that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with them. Now, I want you to notice something. It says he's, he went everywhere, and in this case everywhere in the Galilean region, preaching the word of God. He went everywhere. He didn't confine his preaching to any one particular city, but he went everywhere preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Now, I've said this before many times, I thank God for modern technology. Because you see, modern technology gives us as Christians the ability to serve the Lord through media. Right now, through the internet, I'm able to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teaching of the Word of God into countries that would never allow an evangelist or a missionary to come into their country and preach. Many of the people groups that we meet or that we come across here at this ministry are people who live in countries that are basically off limits to pastors and evangelists and uh, missionaries, but yet through a ministry such as Sunshine USA, and I don't claim to be the only ministry doing this, by the way, but me and other ministers through the internet, we are able to reach people with the gospel of Christ and the teaching of the word of God that cannot be reached any other way. And that's Jesus doing this here. He went to many towns and cities. These towns and cities were filled with many different kinds of people. Now, in the Galilean region, we find that Jesus was immensely popular. People gladly received the ministry of Jesus. Now, during this particular part of Jesus' ministry, Jesus is still 
Jesus is still in a time period that could be called a time period of popularity, popular following. That's why the Pharisees, even though they didn't like what Jesus was doing, they really couldn't do much about it because Jesus was so popular. And they knew that it would truly cause an uprising in the event that they did anything to stop Jesus, and especially if they arrested Jesus. So while the Pharisees certainly didn't like Jesus or what he was teaching, during this particular time in Jesus' ministry, they couldn't really do much about that. Jesus went everywhere preaching the gospel. Now, I believe one of the practical applications of this is the fact you and I should look for ways in which we can share Jesus with someone else. It may be as simple as simply inviting a neighbor to church. It might be that your own knowledge of the Word of God is not that great. You're not able to theologically reach out to people, but on the other hand, you can invite someone to church because you know you have a pastor who loves God and loves people, and that pastor can be used to reach your neighbor for Christ if that neighbor will come to church. And so you invite that person to church. Once again, using the church that I go to as an example, this coming Saturday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., that would be Saturday, let's see, 20, 21, 22. This coming Saturday, the 22nd day of October, 2022, at the church I go to, we're having a hot dog supper and candy extravaganza. We're going to be giving out candy and having hot dogs for people. It's going to be a great time of fun and fellowship, but also a great time when people can come to our church have a good time and be exposed at the same time to the Word of God. From time to time at our church, we have outdoor services, which provide us with a great way to present the truth of the risen Christ to people in our community. Other churches use activities like block parties as a means of reaching out to people who need to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. A lot of churches are in neighborhoods, and the neighbors of the church don't have any idea what that church is all about. And that's very sad, that's very unfortunate, because every neighborhood that every church is in is an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times it can be very fun for the church to come together and discuss how we can make Christ known in the neighborhood in which we live. And one of the ways you could do that is by meeting needs in the neighborhood. One of the things I know that our church does, well, we do a couple of things that reach out to those who are in need of food. One of the things we have at our church is a 
uh, food pantry. And I think there's two Saturdays a month where we have a food pantry that is open, giving out food to people who need it. And then once a week on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. to 12 noon, we have a food truck that comes from the Project Toast soup kitchen. And there we have meals which are distributed to people that need them and request them. And this particular ministry called the Project Hope Soup Kitchen, that one of the cooks or chefs that they have is someone who's actually been to culinary school. He's a very fine chef, a very knowledgeable, very accomplished chef, and he loves fixing fine food for the needy. He doesn't feel that just because someone's poor doesn't mean they shouldn't have exposure to great food. And so he takes the talent that he has and he uses that talent as a means of sharing the gospel to other people. And not only do they have a soup kitchen where people come from several blocks all around to eat, they have a dining room and people can eat doors no matter what the weather is. And then they have, more recently, this food truck ministry, which carries the meals into neighborhoods where there might be a lot of hungry people needing a good meal. The last report I got was that this food truck, 11 a.m. to 12 noon every Wednesday when it's parked in the parking lot of our church, they give out something like 100 meals a week to those that want it. Another thing our church does, and I'm not trying to brag too much about the church that I go to. I hope that you're just as excited about the church that you go to. But one of the big projects we have every year is at Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving Day, we have a big meal at the church. And we invite people from all around to come and have a Thanksgiving meal free of charge, there's no prerequisites, you can come no matter what your financial status is, you can just come and have a really nice Thanksgiving Day meal. And I understand on Thanksgiving Day these days, our church will distribute something like 500 to 700 meals, most of which are eaten there in the church dining hall but other meals are delivered into the homes of shut-ins. So once again, one of the ways that we minister to people is by addressing needs that we know exist in the community. It's our way of letting people know that God cares about you and whatever situation you find yourself in. Look at Jesus when he ministered to the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan. Most Jews would walk miles out of their way to avoid going through Samaria. Jesus went right through the very heart of Samaria, and he took time to actually talk to this woman at the well. And he introduced her to the water of life. He said, you know, whoever drinks from the water of this well, they're going to be thirsty again. 
But he says, when you partake of the water of life that I offer you, you'll never thirst again. Now, he didn't overly judge this woman who came to him. She, he asked her a question. He says, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Now, Jesus already knew that. Jesus knew she didn't have a husband. He was just getting her to admit where she was in her life. He said, you're right. You're telling the truth. You don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. And furthermore, you're not even living. I mean, you're not even married to the man you're living with now. But yet, Jesus loved this woman and had compassion on her and used her current circumstances an opportunity to share with her the good news of Jesus Christ. She, in turn, went out and told others. Once again, she had no seminary degree. She had no theological training. But she went out and told others. She said, basically, this man knows everything I've ever done. And yet he loves me. He cares about me. Amen. Okay, let's go on. Verse 2, and, a certain, and certain women, rather, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. <laughs> so we find that quite a few people were ministered to by Jesus. And Mary Magdalene, uh, she at one time, was not exactly a virtuous woman. In fact, the Bible says here she had seven devils. And Jesus was able to cast those seven devils out of her. And in the end, she became a much more virtuous woman. She became a great follower of Jesus. You know, one of the things I like about Jesus is the fact he didn't focus on where people were at the time. But he focused rather on what they had the potential of becoming. One of the groups of people I've always had a special interest in are inmates. Now there was a time when I was younger when I would actually go into jails and prisons and share with the prisoners the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nowadays, because of health limitations and in some cases because of local restrictions, I don't always get to do that anymore. But even so, I enjoy preparing materials, whether it be audio materials or printed materials that go into the jails and prisons to minister to inmates. Because what I see is not an inmate who has probably been in prison for years, committing all kinds of terrible crimes, I focus on what that person has the potential of becoming. I heard about this one church located in the middle of a prison. The staff of that church, including the pastor, 
our current inmates. And that church is heavily involved in reaching other inmates with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Christ provides these inmates with hope and encouragement, not condemnation. Now, one of the reasons that type of ministry is possible, because seminaries like the one I went to, I went to the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, New Orleans, Louisiana. That seminary has seminary courses which are actually taught inside the walls of a prison. Not only are inmates being reached with the gospel of Christ, but many are turning their lives into full-time Christian service, preparing to preach the gospel, and in the case of this church formed inside the walls of a prison, that staff is that church is staffed by inmates that have been theologically trained by a seminary offering seminary courses on the on the prison campus. Once again, that's recognizing not who these people were in the past or what they did to end up in prison, but it focuses on what Jesus can do in the life of a person who is totally and completely sold out to him. Now let's go on. Verse uh, number three. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. So here we're talking about some women that ministered to Jesus of their substance. Now one of the things I share with you is the fact that in reality, in reality, uh, when a person is totally sold out to Jesus, it's going to show up in their stewardship. A lot of times you can look at the giving record of a Christian and you can tell something about where they are spiritually. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about dollar amounts. You know, in Jesus' day... <laughs> Probably nobody gave, on average, more money to the temple and the synagogue than the Pharisees did. But, in the case of the widow's mite, which was far less money monetarily than the Pharisees gave, but Jesus said, in reality, she gave far more than the Pharisees, because she basically gave anything and everything she had to Jesus. And when you see someone who is totally sold out to Jesus, it's going to show up in their bank account. Now, once again, many of these people monetarily might be like the widow. They don't have much money at all to give to the Lord. But they're not afraid to take what they do have 
and give that to the work of the Lord. Amen. I can truthfully tell you, even when I was interim pastor of a church in Louisiana, I have no idea what the different members of that church gave. I took the position that even though I was the pastor, it was between the church member and God whatever they gave to the church. I took the position that as their pastor, I didn't care to know what they gave to the church. But I did tell them that if you love the Lord, it's going to show up in your giving. It's going to show up in your finances. Now here, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about time. I'm proud of the fact that here at Sunshine USA, I don't get paid a dime for what I do for this ministry. It's all donated freely and voluntarily. I don't get paid a dime for it. But on the other hand, I can tell you that I love the Lord with every square ounce of my being. And I give a lot of my time to the work of the Lord. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't know how much time goes into the preparation of the messages that I preach here on Sunshine USA. A lot of study time, a lot of preparation time. And that's time that I freely donate because of my love for God and my love for you. Amen. Now let's go on. It says, And when much people had gathered together, which were come to him of every city, he spoke to them by a parable. Now, I want to say something about parables here for just a moment. Basically, a parable was a story, an earthly story, with a heavenly meaning. It was one of the ways in which Jesus took his, his message and illustrated it. Stories from everyday life situations. These were called parables, and Jesus quite often taught the Word of God using parables. And it says here, And he spake unto them a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon the rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell on the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up, and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus here is giving us the sower, the parable of the sower and the seed. Now this is a parable, no doubt, that you have studied many times in Sunday school. It says some of the seed fell on the wayside, 
birds came and ate it up. Basically, it was pretty much taken up before it could do anything. He says, in other cases, it fell on bare rock, where there was no rain, and also, of course, on a bare rock, the seeds had nowhere to take root. The sower found that some of his seed ended up among thorns and thistles, which in turn choked out the seeds once they started growing. But he also indicated some of the seed fell on good ground, and there was a great harvest that ministered to many people. Now, one of the takeaways I get from this parable, too, is the fact that not every seed that I sow is going to take root. Not every seed that I sow is going to go on to full maturity and produce a great harvest. No doubt there are many people who listen to me preach on the internet and they just totally ignore what I have to say. Others might spend a lot of time criticizing what I have to say. But then I know that in some cases, people actually listen to what I have to say, and what I have to say begins to take root. And it produces fruit in their life, which in turn is shared with other people. One of the things that I am determined to do in my lifetime is to make sure that I don't go to heaven by myself. I want to take as many people with me as I possibly can. That's one of the goals that I have right here at Sunshine USA. And once again, I don't assume that everybody I preach to is going to get saved. That would be idealistic. That would be wonderful. But I know chances are that's not going to happen. But I know that some of the people that I preach to are going to be saved. They're going to take root in the Word of God. They're going to grow and mature and develop. And the end result is going to be a great harvest that will not only bless them and their families, but other people as well. I heard not too long ago about a young man who, as far as I know, I have never met. But he was saved as a result of my ministry. And now he is someone who is himself preaching the gospel and leading people to Christ that I'll never meet, people I'll never know about. And that's the way it should be. And one of the things I'm trying to do now that I'm more or less retired, I'm I'm actually retired only where secular work is concerned. I'm not retired when it comes to doing the work of God. And I hope that as I go into the future, I will find more and more ways to serve the Lord and reach other people with the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't plan to stop doing that until the day I die. Amen. Praise the Lord.
What about you? Do you know Christ as your Savior? You might say, well, you know, I'm a member of a church and I'm very regular in my church attendance. I even give a few dollars in the offering plate. I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, really. You know, you could be a member of a church and still die and go to hell. The Bible says you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you have such a relationship? The good news is, if you don't, you could start that relationship right now, today. All you have to do is pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinner. But Lord, I pray that you will take my sins, forgive me of my sins, and come into my heart and take up residence. Lord, I want you to control every aspect of my life. I want to make a complete, full surrender of my life to you, Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. If you pray a prayer like that or, or a prayer similar to it, God has given you a brand new life. You are now saved. You know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I would love to send you some materials that are going to help you grow and mature and develop as a Christian. These materials are available absolutely free. I don't charge a cent for them. All you have to do is ask for them. Now, if you're interested, you can contact me at warrenlandis at yahoo.com. That's my primary email address. I have a secondary email address, which is warrenlandis at gmail.com. And then if you want to contact me by snail mail, that's the old-fashioned way of contacting me. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street. That's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And I hope that you will contact me. I'll be glad to make these materials available to you absolutely free of charge. You know, one of the things that Jesus mentioned yesterday when he was addressing the messengers of John the Baptist, he said, you know what? He said, one of the amazing things right now is that the poor folks are receiving the gospel. Now, you know, the interesting thing about that is so many of our churches trying to focus their evangelism towards people who have a lot of money. I heard about this one church. They were located right on the outskirts of a very prosperous area of town. And subsequently, they, they tried all kinds of ways to reach the poor, I mean, the, the rich people of their community with the gospel of Christ. The poor people who also lived in the area, and frankly there was more poor people in the area than rich people, the church did very little, if anything, to reach them. The thinking was, well, these people are poor. They don't have anything to give to our church. Jesus took the attitude, that doesn't matter. Because I died on the cross just as much for them 
as I did the wealthier people. But he said, the miracle of my ministry is that the poor people are receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank God that everything I do is available free of charge to anybody who wants it and requests it. If you would like for me to come to your church and preach the gospel, I'll be glad to do that. And I won't charge you anything for coming. The only thing I will ask in that situation is that you cover the expenses. I live here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you live in Montana and you want me to come to your church and preach the gospel, I'll be glad to prayerfully consider that request. The only thing I ask is that you make a commitment to cover my expenses. That means transportation, meals, lodging, etc. And I'll come. Because you see, I don't, I don't serve the Lord for money. In fact, as I've said before, the older I get, the less and less money means to me in the first place. Amen. The desire that I have is to preach and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ as Savior and as Lord. Well, um, I've enjoyed being with you today. And I hope that if you've enjoyed this podcast today, that you'll go out and you'll in turn tell other people about the ministry of Sunshine USA. Because, you know, if you enjoy this podcast called Sunshine USA, you probably know other people that would love a ministry like this as well. And you could share with them how they could tune in to Sunshine USA on the Internet, whether it be Spotify, whether it be uh, Anchor FM, Blog Talk Radio, and other platforms that we broadcast on. Well, until next time, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. And guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.